Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm your host, Dan Swartout, and today we are talking with Dwight Heckelman from Groove U. Dwight, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, as you say <laughs> that, I like how you say that here because we are actually your guests right now, technically, yeah. uh, because we tape CBuzz in Groove Views Studios. That's right. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> no, so thank you so much for being a partner with us here on CBuzz, allowing us to bring these great stories to Absolutely. the people of Columbus. And one of the great stories we want to bring is your story because you have a fascinating story. And I believe that Groove View is is a kind of a secret a little bit and and the word is getting out there more i know i wasn't very familiar with groove you before we started taping here so why don't you tell us a little bit about what groove you is all about sure so uh well we hope it's not so big a secret it's it's, it's coming out it's coming out it's coming out <laughs> it takes out. a while obviously we're a startup so yes. so it takes a couple years to sort of build uh, credibility and certainly when you're talking about what we are which is a two-year music industry career program uh-huh uh, it takes even more credibility because you know anybody could say I'm in the music business but uh, it's not till you really start getting graduates out there who are working in field that it starts to gain credibility which you have yes now. we do we have uh, we graduated our first class last year we had 100% employment in field with them and then uh, we've got our second class graduation coming up here in August the end of August fantastic now because I've had the chance to tour the facilities it truly is amazing and, and I was unaware that we had something like this here in Columbus because you've got great studios you've got state-of-the-art equipment you've got stuff that students if they're going straight into the professional field I mean they're working with that stuff hands-on right here at Groove View right here and out in the community, which is actually a big part of what we do. So uh, we're a two-year music industry career program. It's all music all the time. And when we say all that, we really mean all music business, all uh -huh. music industry all the time. So our, our students do audio production and live sound, video, uh, interactive. Uh, they can forge kind of an independent path. Um, and so we have those, those five majors here. And um, yeah, so our facility here, 30,000 square foot sort of campus, but... Uh, a big part of what we do is putting our students out in the Columbus community every month doing different events. So we run stages at Independence Day. We did the Breakaway Film Festival. Oh, nice. We, we recorded a Columbus Steel drum band. Uh, on and on we can go. So they're they're also out there. That hopefully helps us get a little more credibility, too. So you're getting, you're getting hands-on in the studio. You're getting hands-on in the field. And, of course, it all comes initially from you, Dwight. <laughs> because, I mean, you are the visionary behind Groove U. You were the one who got this program off the ground. You're the one who launched this and you you have an, a background in the music industry so when you talk about building up credibility for Groove U you come to the table with that credibility already in your pocket. Well visionary is a word you know madman gets tossed around <laughs> a lot too uh, so and I, I'd love to take the credit for it but honestly it's sort of a, a sane asylum of madmen that help with this. Sure. Um, so when we started the program you know uh, I wanted to shake off my own conceptions or misconceptions about higher ed. Uh -huh. And the way that we did that was before we built curriculum, before we opened the doors, before we even had a building, I put together an advisory panel of industry people. Mm -hmm. And we asked them one simple question, and that was like, well, it's 
you know, this was back in 2010. So we're like, it's 2013, 2014, graduating a class. Why would you hire them? And they told us what they wanted in sort of people they would work with. And from that, we built the curriculum uh -huh. rather than sort of a very formalized, structured, well, let's talk to a bunch of other educators about what they think we should teach. Instead, we went to the industry and asked them what we should teach. And, and you have a background yourself in the music I industry. Do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Did you go to school yourself to get into music? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I think it's interesting, but I'm the one telling the story. So other people may find it less interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Visionary I, you know, and uh, self-effacing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, well, actually, you know, I was always really interested in the commercial side of music. Right. Uh, when I was in high school, I remember going to my band teacher and saying like hey i want to be in music and you know i was in you know the marching band and the orchestra but i was also in the stage band and he knew i was in a garage band and i ran sound for theater and uh -huh. you know the whole nine yards and you know he told me well okay his name was mr Giorgio fondas uh-huh and we called him mr g because obviously nobody says Giorgio fondas and, and where did you grow up uh northern ohio this is the milan area okay uh, milan sandusky area and uh you know he scratched his beard and he said well uh you can um get really good on your technique and you can join an orchestra or you could get really good on your theory and compose for orchestra or you could teach and i thought I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what his, his, his idea of music was. So I did what any sensible young man would do. And I joined the Navy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I spent four years in the Navy. Uh, and I actually started out as a music comp major at Bowling Green State okay. when I got out of the Navy. And it took about about a year, maybe a little less for that to suck all the love of music out of me. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, uh, Bowling Green had a little tiny music tech program. Uh -huh. So I actually transferred to the School of Business and kept my music tech minor. And then my junior year, I transferred to Belmont University in mm -hmm. Nashville. And uh, Well, that's a good place to yeah, be for kind, music. Yeah, kind of never looked back, you know, uh, got my business degree with my uh, specialization in uh, audio production. Uh, started working in recording studios, record labels. Uh, I, ran, I worked for Music Row Magazine, which is a music trade publication. Yes. Um, uh, kind of similar in vain to a billboard or right right right, right. yeah except you know more localized but exactly yeah, i was mm -hmm. actually writing their tech column stuff for them um and uh sort of just always you know the music industry is interesting in that while it's hard to kind of get in uh once you're in you develop a very unique skill set that right. you're kind of always employable that, that's one of the things i wanted to ask you about because so many people you know they hear about the music industry they think about the music industry but it, it is almost uh, a, a speaking of secrets mm -hmm. a secret of how to get in yeah. because how would you go because you worked for capital records right. for example and everyone knows capital records sure. huge label been around since forever right, right i mean just tr tremendous artists from back in the day on through today and you got in with them and right. how did that well that was started out as an internship uh, -huh. uh so you know this is something that our advisory board told us but i think higher ed misses is unlike a lot of other industries which are really formally credentialed the music industry isn't one no you know uh i'll be honest i like formal credentials in some respects i want 
There, there's, there's no doctor of A and R. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I want to walk into my neurosurgeon's office and I do want to see <laughs> University of Harvard, not University of Bahamas, right? Uh, so I'm not down on formal credentials. A lot of sure, people think sure. that, but there are careers which is valuable. But actually, this is not one. I mean, I was in the industry for 20 years and nobody ever asked to see my diploma, uh-huh. right? You know, like I could have said I went anywhere. I could, oh, I graduated cum laude from Berkeley College of Music with the specialist. Uh, nobody cares, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's an apprenticeship-based industry. Right. Um, and, you know, that's a word that higher ed hates because it means I'm a trade school. But, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a trade school. <laughs> uh, you know, apprenticeship uh, is really important inside the music industry. Uh, you know, the Berkeley graduate doesn't walk outside the door and have Jay-Z standing there no. with the Bentley going, where'd you go to school? <laughs> Berkeley looks good to me. Hop on board. I'm going to make it rain, you know. Uh, although that's a dream that a lot of colleges try and sell you on. Instead, you know, it's kind of like an electrician. You go out and you apprentice. You you, you, you become a journeyman or a tradesman and you, you spend years sort of getting good at things. So. That idea that it's relationship driven uh, uh, for me getting in involved my first gig actually involved. There was a tiny little ad in a student paper that said, you know, looking for college field marketing representative. Right. And I called on this is I'm dating myself because there was no Internet. Uh, there was, but nobody emailed. So I called this number like every whoa, whoa, you called a I number? called this number whoa, whoa. the cleveland field office for capital i called it like every day for like three solid did, weeks did you incur long distance charges i did, I, did. Uh, I called it every day for three solid weeks before the lady on the end of the line her name was meredith valenta called me back and said uh you know i filled this job kind of the first day it was open but you're so persistent i have to give it to you anyway are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me yeah so you know she's like you're just so enthusiastic about wanting this that you know i've just did got, they did the first person who got that gig did we, they get cut loose or eventually sh- yeah we kind of shared for a while uh-huh. and then you know it was all me after about a month so <laughs> and you know that's just how it started was just being persistent and you know i tell my students persistence is actually polite be, don't be a pest but be persistent so you, you've got this great background in the business side of the music business you eventually make the decision and the transition to go from the business side and being in the industry in the trenches to going into the educational side you know i I don't know how conscious it was i i know that i was kind of tired of being corporate Mm -hmm. you know after running that for a year it was kind of disconnecting me from the music um i was always really passionate about education and, and staying educated um and i decided that i was going to to uh to try and do education. So I I put together a music industry program. One of the common themes we find from entrepreneurs here on CBuzz is you see an area, you see a need, you see almost a vacuum and something that you think you can do better. So here you are, you are at the Harvard, the Yale, the Stanford of music education and you still see even at that pinnacle something that a a, a need that needs to be filled that you think you can fill. And it brings you back to here and to groove you. Yeah. I was, you know, working in basically my job at Berkeley was to get Berkeley students jobs. I worked in career development. Uh And so I would have these guitar players, for example, come in like three months before graduation and they would say, "Uh, I need a job. What do I do? And so I'd start asking them, well, what have you done? You know, I know that it's an apprenticeship industry. What, what have you done? And they're like, well, I studied under so-and-so. And I played with such and such. 
but but what have you done besides sitting in your room and play guitar for right. hours? You're a phenomenal guitar player. Nobody's disputing that. But that's there are lots w- of phenomenal one guitar tenth players. of what you need. Right. And you know they they ask what to do, and I say, well, do you have access to a DeLorean and a flux capacitor? Because you need to go back like four <laughs> years from now and start meeting people and making connections. You know, <laughs> you know, I just felt helpless in a lot of cases. Yeah, but it only gets up to eighty-seven uh, right, miles right, per hour. Right. That's so my close, problem. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was another sort of like real dawning on me. Like these were students that were spending $50,000 a year to go to a premier school and hope for the long shot versus, you know, maybe spending $50,000 total. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a much better opportunity to actually gain employment. Aside from your family being here in Ohio, what brought you to Columbus in particular to establish GrooveU? So, you know... Columbus is so cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to put it. You know, it's young. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a, it, and this is nothing against Cleveland or Cincinnati or Toledo for that matter, but, you know, Columbus is so highly collaborative yes. uh, as a city. And that extends to kind of a unique position in, in the music scene itself. A lot of cities are kind of territorial. You know, well, you're doing that and we don't support that or you know, like if you get that gig, I won't. So I'm not going to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Columbus, because it's younger uh, and and because of kind of the environment that the city has created, it doesn't have that baggage. Right. And so, you know, being here immediately, you know, and I, you know, I did look around at other opportunities, but, you know, being here and sort of starting the initial discussions with people, it became obvious that there was a whole bunch of like, let's do that. You know, there was no like, well, I don't really know if you're going to. It was like, let's do that. Uh, and, you know, there was hardly uh, a, a word uttered. I mean, I think some people think I couldn't I couldn't do it, you know, <laughs> but they never voiced that to me like they might have uh, in other places. So, you know, the city was supportive. Uh, you know, we got the building from Columbus City Schools that was supportive. Um you know, everything just kind of fell in, into place a lot quicker than people thought it would. Uh, you know, we had to, entrepreneurs, we had to secure investment. Sure. Investors were supportive. Small Business Association was supportive. The bank was supportive, you know, to, to uh, take the SBA back loan. It was a collaborative effort. It was very, It was almost like a band. Right, right. The bank is the bassist. Yeah. <laughs> the SBA is the drummer. drummer. Yeah, yeah. My advisory boards are, is, you know, my backup singers. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, it, was, it was very, very... Uh, uh, very interesting how fast it came together and uh, how everything moved forward and how every obstacle there was much support to work around it by not just myself, but other people uh, from our contractor on down the line. And I don't know if that would have happened in another city. I, I put together an advisory board made up of, you know, Grammy winning engineers nice. uh, to, you know, uh, a couple other educators that I really thought were leading the edge to studio owners and, and music business people and live sound people we threw nonprofits in there. You know, we're trying to sort of get everybody's opinion. And then, you know, we do, we still do these meetings twice a year and I just sit down and shut up. I ask a question and then I let them talk uh, through, you know, basically our questions usually involve, well, what are you seeing? What mm-hmm. are the trends? So we're, training for those jobs and not in this silo where we don't really know what the business is doing. And then I take what they tell me and I take them to my, uh, faculty who for the most part are working professionals. So they already know these things. Uh, but you know, I articulate to them, well, this is what we need to be training. And then they 
basically work that into the curriculum. You've got the building. It's the former Fifth Avenue Alternative Elementary School. Yes, it is. Here We've on... always been alternative, man. Rock and roll. <laughs> you guys couldn't see it, but he just threw up the horns, right. the finger horns. He did some serious rock and roll right here. Um, so you, you got this building mm -hmm. uh, originally, and this is one of the things that I think is interesting to talk about. Sure. It is almost, I mean, we're talking about you and the music business, but right. some of your out-of-the-box thinking right can be applied to almost any entrepreneur or sure. anybody starting something up. Cause you had this business or, or you had this building mm -hmm. initially, right? You're short on capital. Absolutely. So you have to think outside the box. Right. How do we keep this building while We're keeping our costs mm -hmm. low? Yep. How did you do that? Thinking outside of the box? Right. So, you know, I was, as I started to look at what size footprint I would need for the school mm -hmm. uh, and where I could locate the school, you know, I thought, you know, what would be perfect if I could have an old school building to renovate. Yes. Because how much function do those buildings really have to the public? You right. Know? You know, they're, they're, they're big, they're open, they're empty, they're kind of warehouses or they're divided up into classrooms. And so I called up Columbus City Schools and, you know, just on a whim. And I said, do you have any empty buildings? And they said, yes. I said, well, do you rent them or sell them? And they said, well, yes, we do both, but we primarily lease them. And I said, can you give me a list? And they said, sure. And so they gave me a list of 21 abandoned buildings. They gave me a list of like 35 or 40 abandoned buildings. Uh -huh. And I drove around <laughs> and looked at them all from right. the outside. Uh, I found a located zero down to three and then eventually down to this one. And then we put in our lease proposal. And, you know, uh, part of the proposal actually uh, for the second year that we were in operation, we thought, um, you know, I wonder if Columbus City Schools graduates could benefit from some type of program for yes. us and could we uh could we have uh, rent credit in exchange for enrolling those students so i came up with a program that was basically uh, we enroll up to five students a year uh -huh. that are columbus city schools graduates columbus city schools uh takes the first year tuition uh and gives it that in rent credit and if those students continue on i scholarship them for the full second year so wow. they don't so they basically get a full ride here uh and that way columbus city schools gets a two for one dollar exchange right so so for every dollar that they put into this program they get it a dollar back in rent but they get another dollar back in educational benefit and i think that when i when i read about <laughs> that i found that to be so fascinating because that is something that can translate to any type of business sure. you're looking to keep costs down you're right. looking to 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 well, there's a million dollars in renovation, you yes. know, in the 1.2 million inside this building to get it. You know, we gutted it down to basically four walls and, right. and built everything from the ground up inside. So, you know, that's a huge investment of capital. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, to, to, as a small business that's growing, you know, like, well, it's going to be a few years before we can really... You know, you're off and running. Before we're off and running, and especially you know when you're talking something like this, it needs credibility. Uh, you know, who wants to send their kids to something <laughs> that they don't know about? Right. So it's no. You know, it's a big risk, and we have to we have to have outstanding customer service. Uh, we have to have outstanding uh, sort of our relationship with our students is a lot less professor teacher and a lot more coach athlete. Right. You know, there's a ton of mentorship involved. There's a ton of you know, none of our classes are big. <laughs> They're, you know, 18 students max. Uh, we, we uh, you know, they passed me in Kroger and they know who I am. Not, I remember going to school and passing my econ professor in Kroger and, you know, they don't know my face, right? You that know? and it's also, isn't uh, it weird to see your teacher <laughs> right, outside right. of... Oh, um, they see me outside all the time because, you know, I'm at, you know, we're at their shows and their sure. events and, you know, we're doing things with them. So um, it is it is much more of a, of a hands-on approach from top to bottom. Like any entrepreneur, like, 
like anyone with a startup, you took personal risks. Absolutely. You had a good job at Berkeley, and then you're coming and creating something from scratch. How did you deal with that as far as, well, not only am I creating something, but I've still <laughs> got to pay the bills. I've yeah. still got to... <laughs> uh, you know, uh, lifestyle. <laughs> uh, I, you know, being in music from the very beginning is being an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, you know, every company that I was a part of, with the exception of Capital at the beginning, but the recording studios, the music publishers, AudioStream, uh, all those companies are um, made up of entrepreneurs. So you're either an entrepreneur or you're an entrepreneur, right? You're oh. someone who brings the entrepreneurial mindset with you to grow that company. Right. So the, the idea of the work ethic didn't scare me, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, I've always kind of known, you know, and I think being a musician, uh, for those, uh, who are listening, who think about this, being a musician is being an entrepreneur. Yes. You know, you function in this very, you know, kind of insular bubble where you want to work really hard at what you do. Uh, you're prepared to put in the long hours to get good at it. Uh, you know, or you're just a hobbyist, you know, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're serious about it, you're, you're already an entrepreneur. There are some excellent, excellent musicians who are hobbyists. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're serious about it, you're entrepreneurial from booking your gigs, yes. to putting your band together to marketing, to marketing yourself, to selling your stuff, yes. to merch, the hours you're going to put in to make all that happen. Uh, so for me, it wasn't that, but yeah, of course, giving up the good paying job. Yeah. Luckily, my wife is employed in a great school district here in central Ohio. Uh, so, you know, we had another income, right. <laughs> um, you know, we certainly scaled way back. We sold our house. We downsized our house, you know, uh, we did all these types of things to sort of, uh, put the money in and put it together and, you know, make it happen. But, um, yeah, having a great support system is, you know, from, again, that's the, benefit of being in Columbus right is you know I, I can't ever say that for the most part I feel alone in this angel investors yes you hear that term from time to time sure. and I know you uh, receive some angel sure. investors sure. support from angel yes. investors here with Groove you yes. what exactly is an angel investor how do you find them how do they find sure. you and how does the relationship go after you get that angel investment sure so in our case we have um, we have there's three investment companies in Groove you mm -hmm. um, there is my company which is called the Groove Works mm -hmm. which is uh, my bunker uh, that I sort of uh, invested in. Uh, and then we have two other uh, companies that are invested. Um, one of them ended up being a company that was formed by our general contractor. Oh, really? Uh, he, uh, you know, he was here, he was working, he saw the vision, he saw the passion, was looking for a way or something to invest in, uh, put together with a couple other people, and they came in for a percentage. Uh -huh. um, the other one uh, was directed to me by, you know, kind of a high school friend who's like, hey, what you're doing something really cool. Can we do something like that? And, you know, that's just how it goes. What is the relationship like? Well, my angel investors are fantastic. Um, they stay out of my way, <laughs> uh, which, you know, this is great for me. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we talk a couple times a year. Uh, I update them on progress. Uh, you know, we're honest from the front that like, hey, it's going to be a, we're going to have to front load this thing. It's going to have to, it's going to be a little while. Uh, big part of it is, of course, is getting accreditation for us. Mm hmm so and they understand the process and you know i think the way we operate uh if anybody who wants angel investment uh what i would encourage you is be hyper transparent mm -hmm. um you know don't uh don't oversell 
you know, uh, uh, be uh, incredibly honest. Uh, we, we, we pride ourselves on transparency in everything we do from the way our tuition is priced to how we interact with our students and our customers and our investors and our bank. Uh, you're just not served by uh, people thinking you're in any way trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, be it good or bad, you know, you should let people know uh, and give them your plans for addressing it. And I think that um, in that case, that's how we got our investment is that we, you know, you have to do the legwork. You have to make your business plan. Right. Then you have to boil that business plan down in a prospectus, you know, that investors want to see. You uh-huh. know, like, don't give me, give me the short version here. Right. 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 Uh, and then, you know, uh, from us, it was just basically speaking to people, uh, speaking to our enthusiasm to do the project. Um, you know, and I, another thing I would sort of say when it comes to angel investors, if, if they don't get it, just move on. Right. You know, like I don't want to drag anybody kicking and screaming into this. If they see it and they're excited about it and you're honest and transparent, it's going to happen. I've always found the music business fascinating on a personal level. And then also, I also find it fascinating that it's a business that is translatable to other businesses because you've got some of the same issues that any business would have. And one of those issues has to be marketing you know you're attracting customers and your customers are in a sense your students and and how do you go out there as a brand new business and approach them and say you should sign on with us that's that's a really uh interesting question and you know i think we're still kind of figuring that right uh, to be honest with you but what we found for for us that seems to work the best is mass marketing has almost zero appeal Uh uh-huh um, you know, we putting an ad on TV and hoping to capture that point zero 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 one percent of the listenership or viewership that would potentially be interested in a career in the music business. It's insane. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of money to capture a very small thing. So uh, so our approach uh, in terms of getting our students is we get a lot of referrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody reads an article about us, they can get us. We don't translate well into a sound clip. Right. It's just, it just doesn't really work. Um, so publicity, you know, uh, from print to TV to radio, uh, people covering us and finding out what we're about. Uh, obviously, now that we're getting students out there, that's a huge uh, marketing component for us. They're out working. They're uh, almost like ambassadors of your brand because they they're out there. They've got jobs. Evangelists. In- we call them evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, 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 out, they're out spreading the word. Every February for the past three years and going into our fourth year now, we do a big high school battle of the bands. Oh, wow. Uh, so we have uh, this big high school battle of the bands. We bring in industry professionals who sit on our board, American Idol style. Yeah. Um, uh, it gets a little more. You, you uh, took that song, you made it your own. Right, right. Uh, well, actually, it's more than that. Uh, they have to do original material. Oh, really? Yeah. So we take any genre, and it's not like a metal band. So, I mean, but we, we have metal and hip hop and rap and singer songwriter and folk and electronica. And, you know, they audition, uh, they send in audition materials. Our students select the best bands, then they come out and perform. Uh, and the finalists win. Uh, uh, they get to get an album recorded here. Uh, really? They get a video shot here. They get marketing. Our students do all that for for the winner of the contest. Dwight Heckelman, Groove U. Tell us where can we find Groove U <laughs> online to interact on Twitter, on Great. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So GrooveU.net. And G- it's G R O O V N U, and then U as in university. G R O V E U dot net is our website, which I just rebuilt this past summer. So nice. So um. Look uh, sharp. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, our stu- one of our students shot all the photography on that website. So uh, you know, 
involve them from top to bottom. Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, 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 Facebook forward slash Music Career College. Uh, we're on Instagram. All our all our hashtags for the most part are all our our as Music Career College. So if you look for that, you'll find us. Look for Music um, Career College. And we're on Twitter at at Grooveview. So. Excellent, Dwight Heckelman Grooveview. Thank you again well, for you. having us as. <laughs> your guests (laughs) and at the same time you are our guests here on cbuzz it has been an enlightening fascinating conversation thank you for joining us and thank you to everyone out there for listening to cbuzz i am dan swartout cbuzz like i said it's a collaboration between the columbus chamber and cd 1025 cbuzz is produced by delara casey engineering by mark pasternak from jump goat media and the recording studio provided right here at Groove you. Thank you to our partners and thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Sea Buzz. Hey!